0: Hello, Hello, listeners, and welcome back to another episode of the Stephen and Arjun football podcast. In our previous episode, uh, we invited Arsenal fans, Melody from Singapore and Kapil from here yeah. to discuss uh, all things Arsenal ahead of the new season. In this special episode, uh, we are now going to discuss about FPL. Um, today, I'm hosting the podcast and We have back again our regular guest on the podcast today. Today, welcome
1: back. Hi, how are you, Arjun?
0: I'm good, I'm good. It was a pretty interesting season for FPL last season, huh?
1: Yes, it was, it was. Um, It was very challenging compared to the first time we both uh, challenged each other. Where it was uh, last season, you won by like three points, I think, whereas the previous season, it was a whitewash from me. (laughs) So, you know. This is going to be a very interesting third season right now.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right.
1: Um, I,
0: I'm just going to go ahead and say that for anyone who does not understand what we're talking about, who has no idea what FTL means, is the fantasy premier league. So maybe Uday, I'll just have you explain a little bit uh, to our listeners who may not know what FTL is, uh, just to explain to them what
1: FTL is. Right. Yeah. yeah, sure. When you choose 15 players, from hundreds over players in in the Premier League where uh, you are only allowed a maximum of three players per club. So there are four main positions whereas there are two goalkeepers, there are five defenders, five midfielders and three forwards. So what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to pick and choose the players in which you know or think is going to perform that week uh, as a midfielder. And you know, based on previous seasons, the last season as well, Salah was the second highest top scorer in the Premier League. So you know that you can get points by having Salah in your team contributions. A forward uh, gets most contributions or points by scoring and assisting a goal. And a midfielder gets points in which they score, they assist, and even if their team keeps a clean sheet, and a defender gets points by keeping a clean sheet, scoring a assisting, and finally a goalkeeper gets points by count. Very rarely it happens, but we saw last season that a goalkeeper can score a goal and assist a goal as well. So basically this is what FPL is in a nutshell. Does that answer your question, Arjun? Yes,
0: yeah. thank, uh, thank you for the explanation today. I think uh, that sort of enlightened our non-FPL playing users or, or non-FPL playing listeners on what FPL is. Um, just good. to for the listeners who do play FPL as well, uh, this season our podcast is starting a league. Uh, FPL Podcast League. Uh, now, of course, we have not decided whether we are going to have any prizes for the winner of the league or things like that. But right now, we're just starting off the bat for fun. And we will be pasting the link to the Podcast League uh, when this episode comes out on our Insta story as well. So that's just for the listeners who play FPL. Now diving right into uh, the discussion about FPL, about Fantasy Premier League, about different strategies, preferences, um, if you're a newbie to FPL, uh, what kind of strategy should you go for? Because like, as Uday mentioned, you only have 100 million to buy 15 players, and there are various strategies you can choose. As Uday mentioned as well, the first, first season I played FPL with him, it was a whitewash. It wasn't even close. He beat me by, uh, I don't know, a few hundred points probably. <laughs> it was, it was not even close. Uh, but as I learned more strategy, it became a close, uh, closer fight, and I finally managed to beat him last season. So uh, yeah, so now going into the strategy as well, I would like to ask Uday, generally, um, what has your starting strategy? What would you advise a newbie to be the starting strategy? Would you go for a few uh, premium forwards, uh, for a few premium players, and then build a team around them? Or would you go for a more balanced team, uh, as they have a few 7 million, 8 million players, things like that? Do you prioritize the squad? Or do you
1: prioritize the starting 11 at the beginning? Um, just for me to reconfirm your question, I think we had some signal problems and think What I heard was that I whitewashed you in the first game <laughs> by over 100 <laughs> points. <laughs> then after that, I couldn't really hear you. So um, your question was um, you whether I just go full-on premium towards my whole team and not have a balanced squad or try myself to balance the squad altogether. Am I right?
0: Yeah, yeah, So I, um,
1: I was uh, asking whether you'll be able
0: to enlighten our newbies. Whether, um, okay. whether yeah, sure. which, which strategy would you
1: go for at the beginning? Which strategy. Do I prefer directly. Okay, fine. Yeah. Sure. Initially, when I started playing FPS, prefer having premium forwards and attackers and midfielders. And really have like a super cheap defense. I remember like that season in which I beat you. I used to have like very really cheap defenders. Uh, pricing. So each player start at 4.0, people need 4 million uh, for cheap players up to, we can say maybe 4.5 or 5 is considered cheap. And then 5.0 up to 6 is considered players. And 6 and above considered premium price point. So initially I used to start at 4.5 players in my defense. And I used to prefer that formation, and I tried to attack the wing, uh, wing backs or full backs altogether. But over time, I noticed that uh, having one premium defender covers a lot of the mid range midfielders who don't really do very well in FPL long run because these mid range players usually play for the lower teams like Brentford this season. Norwich and whatnot, and you know those players are not really, really going to score. Players like Salah who are priced at 12 to 12.5, Fernandez or so, those are the players in which uh, you try to target to have them um, to help you with your captaincy options. There is a thing in which you have to make your captain, your captain gets double points. So in FPL, you have a budget of 100 million or 100.00, whatever, and you have to make sure that you pick and choose players within that budget. I think I must probably forgot to mention that in the earlier expression. So once you pick and choose those players, right now I prefer having a one premium uh, defender, two premium midfielders, two to three premium midfielders, and then I have started moving towards cheaper slash mid price forwards, because the cheapest as mid price forwards, if they have a good run of games, they will score goals, and they're not a lot of high range or high-pricing players in which I look forward to at the start especially because you just want to know how the good teams perform. For example, right now, Man City doesn't have a striker. Uh, Liverpool plays with a false nine, and Firmino, of course, he get, gets certain goals and uh, assists, but not as many as you want a premium forward to play. Firmino's price is at 9.5. That is at a premium price point right now. Harry Kane is one of the premium forwards, as well as Jamie Vardy. So for this season, the premium forwards don't look very interesting to me. So I've started going with a more mid-priced forwards. And of course, in my midfield, I've gone all out with Salah and Fernandez. And I have one high-priced defender, which is the Robertson. My goalkeepers usually tend to be 4.5 to 5 million. that's always been the case that will never change anytime soon. How about yours, Arjun? What do you, how has your strategy adapted over the years?
0: Yeah, that's definitely interesting. I think, um, like what you mentioned, you used to go with cheaper defenders in the beginning. Uh, of course, I, I think I went with uh, more expensive defenders at the beginning. And then I went the other way around going towards cheaper defenders eventually because I started realizing that I am wasting too much money at the back. And as you mentioned as well, I started off with expensive forwards, uh, but the trend we see last season and this season as well is that the premium forwards, last season of course, Harry Kane performed well in FPL, but Sergio Aguero was a premium forward. He didn't do well enough to earn good FPL points, Uh, neither did Roberto Firmino. So we didn't see the performance we expect or the points return we expect from these premium forwards, uh, which meant we had to adapt our strategy to go towards, as you mentioned, the premium midfielders, like Bruno Fernandez, Mohamed Salah, Sadio Mane, Uh, despite Sadio Mane had a bad season last season as well. I would put Sean in the premium midfielder category as well, Although he's not quite at the 12 million price range, he's more at the 10 billion price range, but still. Um, yeah, I think so. The strategy has adapted to go more towards the premium midfielders and sort of build the team around them. And I think you made a good case as well for the mid price forwards, such as uh, especially the forwards from the uh, promoted teams last season, like Bamford and a new forward in Oliver teams at Aston Villa. Uh, these forwards were actually mid price forwards, but they did really well by scoring a good
1: number of goals. Exactly, I think um, what you said was fantastic. You summarized all these good players, Wally Watkins, even Antonio as well. I remember when Antonio was injured and then as soon as he came on board, I think he's got 18 points straight away, which means he's got two goals in two consecutive games. Just right off the bat and he was mid-priced. Even this season, Antonio looks like a very interesting uh, prospect uh, because of his easy run of fixtures at the start. Um, So yeah. Fantastic um, option in which you're choosing a bid price uh, forward, a more stronger midfield, of course, and maybe one stronger high premium defender.
0: Okay, so now we're diving right into the FPL strat- uh, strategies in terms of position. Uh, starting, of course, with a goalkeeper. Personally, I've always preferred to go with uh, two 5 million goalkeepers instead of one premium goalkeeper and one budget goalkeeper. The reason is because I always like uh, to have the option of choosing either one goalkeeper every week, depending on the pictures, uh, rather than having premium goalkeeper and a goalkeeper who doesn't play just for the sake of it. As we see last season as well, in the example, uh, the goalkeeper, mid-price goalkeepers, 5 million goalkeepers like Martinez, Nick Pope, uh, and even uh, Ramsdale to a certain extent, played better than uh, the likes of Anderson, Ellison, David De Gea who are the top price goalkeepers at like 6 million, 5.5, 6 million. But um, if, if you have a 6 million goalkeeper, most likely you need another goalkeeper at 4 million who doesn't play, who's a backup goalkeeper to balance it out. And that means that you have to play your top goalkeeper every week. So my strategy has always been to have two 5 million goalkeepers who can both play, uh, depending on the fixture. So what what would your opinion be on the goalkeeper situation? Today? What, what is your strategy of preference? <laughs>
1: It's exactly the same. I try to save as much money I can with the goalkeeping situation, rotate between both of them um, because at the end of the day, these cheaper goalkeepers will get a lot of safe points compared to the high premium goalkeepers. And the high premium goalkeepers, of course, they will get uh, clean sheets, um, likes of Man City and Liverpool. But whenever they concede a goal, you know that you have, you cannot rely on your backup goalkeeper on that match, and especially if it's a tough match in which you're playing uh, Man City versus Chelsea. So you have to play a premium goalkeeper, and those are the games in which you expect uh, your players not to perform as well as possible because it's a cl- clash between two giants. And then if you have other players in your midfield and strikers, you're already ruining the opportunity of your balance of the squad. In which, let's say you're having six players playing each other. Let's say you have three City, three Chelsea, you're kind of screwed. You already have six players playing each other, and that's not good with regards to the FPL perspective. So you don't know what to assume, right? So exactly like what you said, I have cheap goalkeepers, and I try to make sure that my goalkeeper rotation goes all the way up to from game the first gaming up to the middle gaming 18 or 19, so that I don't have to worry about even using a transfer on them. That's what I plan ahead up to that with regards to both my goalkeepers. There are very few interesting uh, options in this season. You can. Have likes of Backman and Schmeichel rotating with each other, and they both cost at nine point five million. And then you also can have um, Meslier and Schmeichel rotating with each other this season. Meslier was really good last season. He was a four point five goalkeeper, and he was he finished quite high in regards to goalkeeping position. So, and not forgetting the goat of SPL last year, Martinez. I never really had him. Um, it, I think it was a mistake. I usually uh, prior, know my goalkeepers very well. I think two seasons ago when I beat Arjun, I had a really, really good goalkeeper position. Last season it was just really bad. I think I had McCartney and somebody else, and they were really bad. So uh, I think you had Nick as well, to point. Yes, I think Pope for a couple of I think for a double game week, if I can't remember. But yes, there are options that double game weeks, but this will take time to explain later on. So just for the first few game weeks, you don't need to know much about that. So yeah, um, exactly the same for me.
0: Yeah, so uh, that, that, that is our goalkeeper strategy uh, for the startup at least uh, to set out the initial squads to have two goalkeepers who can play. Now moving on to defenders. Uh, of course, you have premium defender options um, such as, uh, of course, both premium options this season. Uh, I, I shouldn't say both, but uh, okay, let's, let's say the ultra-premium options are both Liverpool fullbacks. Uh, where Robertson is seven million and uh, Trent Alexander know is seven point five million, and then you have some city defenders at the six million price range, which I would still consider premium defenders, such as Diaz, yeah. Cancelo, uh, even Chelsea. Chelsea is also at six million, so you have a couple of options uh, in terms of premium defenders, uh, and then once you go to five million I, uh, or to five point five, I would consider them mid-price defenders. And then, of course, 4.5 onwards would be the cheaper defenders. So in terms of a mix of defenders, how has your strategy adapted over the years in terms of choosing your initial squad for week one of SPL?
1: Like I said earlier, initially, I used to have cheap defenders who used to play right backs or left backs because those are the players in which they'll get the assist the even score the goals going forward. <laughs> Last season, I had a few centre-backs um, like Tiaz and Stones. Um, I, that was the only reason I had that was because I think Man City had a double game week and I wanted to have a balanced squad altogether. Uh, this season again, I last season I started with two premium defenders in which last season I had Van Dijk and Trent. Uh, I had a goal at the start and then Van Dijk scored a goal I remember and then uh, Trent didn't get an assist. Uh, but this season I decided to have one premium instead and a uh, couple of mid-price. One mid-priced and uh, others are low-range. There are abundance of mid-priced uh, defenders right now, with the likes of Luke Shaw, with the likes of Lucas Dinier, with the likes of Reese James, and all of these players are really good. Aaron wan Bisaka as well. They are very interesting to have because, especially Luke Shaw. Luke Shaw right now in this current season, based on overall people who have joined the FPL. He's the second-highest-owned player behind Mohamed Salah. And you can see it. And I hope his injury is not so bad because I would definitely want to have Shaw in my team. Right now, he's not in my team. But if he's stated as fit, I would definitely bring Shaw in my team because he looks threatening going forward. And with the addition of Varane, Manchester United's clean sheet probability might increase over time.
0: Yeah, Interesting uh, perspective as well. Uh, I would just like to add by saying two, two play, uh, defenders who I think will be value for money this season in FPL. Uh, the first, of course, is one of Uday's favorite, uh, which is Kufal, the Czech Republic right back from West End. I think Uday had him last season as well in FPL. Uh, his price point is five this season, which is surprising. I expected him to be at least 5.5 given his performances last season, but... That is the price SPL have gone with. And I think it's super value for money for Kofal because he gives attacking returns as well as West Ham do have the possibility of keeping clean sheets. They just signed Areola as well so they've improved their goalkeeper. Uh, so I think Kofal could be an interesting option for this season. And the second one would of course be none other than Ben White uh, just because I think by also signing him for 50 million is a statement of intent And it's highly likely that he is going to start for Arsenal, which means that his price point currently, which is 4.5 million, is a really good value for money, uh, given that he'll be starting for Arsenal. Of course, whether Arsenal keep places are yet to be seen, but I think just having him as an option, even on the bench, uh, as a player who starts every game is definitely worth it for the 4.5 million price range. So those are just the two defenders, I would say, are value for money this season.
1: Look, like what you said is uh fantastic. Both of these players as well have uh of course initially it's a bit tough the fixtures, but from game week four onwards they have like fantastic. Kufal has good start uh, uh starting for fixtures as well. So you can rotate between both of them and you might have a defense that goes up to stretches up to game week twenty by just rotating both of them all together. So top marks those are two perfect defenders right now, I think if Anyone who's recently joining FPL would like to join, would like to have them in their team. Please pick those two defenders.
0: Yeah, well said. Um, Moving on to the midfield position as well. Uh, And once again, comparing the premium midfielders uh, this season, the premium midfield options are none other than the top FPL point scorer last season, Bruno Fernandez. He has been upgraded to 12 million, but in valuation. Mohamed Salah, uh, I think he was 12 million last season, and this season he's 12.5. So he's also a premium option. And I would go ahead and include Sadio Mane and Son as well in the premium option. List. Mane is at 12 million, Son is at 10 million. So I would say we have four premium um, midfield options for this season. And then of course, uh, oh sorry, Sterling as well. Sterling and De Bruyne. I I, I out the two Man City uh, midfielders. So five, sorry, six options. Um, premium midfield options this season. Um, going below that, of course, you have the players around the 9 million mark, such as Mares, Rashford, uh, you have Phil Foden, who's 8 million, Grealish, who's 8 million, and, and then you move on to the mid price options as well. So once again, Uday, uh, I think we both agree that our strategy has adapted to include premium midfield options who score as well as assist in the past two seasons and how will you blend in your budget options? And do you have any picks or value for money? Do you think this season from the promoted teams as well?
1: Uh, one advice I want to start before I start say anything else is, please start Salah because last season I did not start Salah and it impacted my rank overall quite badly. I the first game week I didn't have Salah. Um, I decided to have Obama Yang instead. I decided to captain Obama Yang and Salah scored a hat trick in the first game week. So I honestly urge for anyone who's listening to FBL Advice, please buy Salah this season and start it. <laughs> I have two premium midfielders. I think we already know who are the two locked in. the Last year's top scoring midfielder, Bruno Fernandez and Salah. I think I had Fernandez as soon as he joined Manchester United um, in January, two seasons ago. I can't remember. And then last season, I didn't start with him. But... Eventually, I had him, but I just can't. he stayed in my team throughout. I think Salah was in and out throughout my team, but Fernandez stayed all along. Definitely, like what I said earlier, I'm gonna start with two, maybe three premium for uh, midfielders if I have the budget and if I decide to take up my team. Right now, I have two, and then I have two mid-priced uh, midfielders and the likes of Rafinha. And an interesting option, I have Saar Ismaili Saar from Watford somebody in which not a lot of people might have in their team, but who has played in the Premier League before, who has had Premier League experience. And right now, because of the uh, increase of prices of everyone else, I think I want to have somebody like Ismaili Saar right now as a mid price option because he can score goals. And saw last season in the Champions League, you saw that this season, Rafinha is a pick because he's a... Very exciting player. Even last season, he was mid price. I think he's very undervalued. 6.5 this season is a bit too low for Rafinha. He's definitely a 7 and above, but look, like, FPL messed up, and it's good for us that they messed up. And I think my, usually, my fifth midfielder usually will be like a bench filler. It's usually a 4.5, like a cheap enabler that's there all the time. So even this season, it's cheap enabler. It can change to a mid-price midfielder if I want to. I still have the budget to that, but I will see after the first few games whether I need to upgrade him or I can upgrade other parts of my team. Yeah, well said, uh, Uday, about the
0: midfield. I think uh, a lot of part of my midfield uh, is is the same as you as well. I do have Bruno Fernandez and Mohamed Salah. Uh, I think I had. Uh, Mohamed Salah and Bruno Fernandes last season as well. Um, A lot of people do question why not go for money instead of Salah. I think some of my friends have mentioned that as well, Uh, given that money is 0.5 million less than Salah. And in FPL, 0.5 million might not seem like much, but it does make a world of difference uh, because that might give you the difference between a good player and a great player at times. But my, my rationale for going with Salah over Money is that Salah takes the penalties, he takes the corners, he has a higher chance of scoring than Money, and a higher chance of assists as well. It's, if you see Leopold's uh, overall play, it does seem like Salah is more involved in the attacking play than money. has does more hard work, but Salah is often at the end of the attacking moves for Leopold, whether finishing off the moves or assisting. So I think Salah was a better bet than Money. Um, And and I also have Rafinha as well. I think Rafinha was a player that I did not have last season. Uh, But I felt like I should have had him and I never had the budget to sign him. So I never really had him consistently in my team. And he was one player who I always felt when I started this season that I should have him in. And so I have him in. And I agree with Vinoday as well. I expected him to be a 7 million plus player this season. But FPL have only valued him at 6.5. Which is definitely severely undervalued given his contributions. I think he's a good pick as well. And once again, my fourth midfield option was Ismail Saar as well. Uh, Once again, agreeing with Odeh as he has 13 goals in 39 appearances for Watford last season in the championship. And he has shown glimpses of potential for Watford. And I think out of the promoted teams, in the 6 million bracket, uh, Saar can be a very good option uh, this season for Watford. So, and another player that I would say, might turn out to be value for money, as well as mm-hmm. the uh, Brentford midfielder, Canos. uh, Sergi Carlos, There's a Spanish midfielder for Brentford, and he has been crucial for Brentford as well in the championship. Uh, he has scored nine goals in 46 appearances, and he has created lot, lots of chances for their center forward, Tony. Um, so I think he might be a decent option to, maybe sit on the bench, a strong option uh, as we rotate uh, due to fixtures to come in as well. So I think those are the players to look out for. Another player that I would mention as well as who might be valued for money is Suchek. Suchek is only $6 million, which is also, I feel, is undervalued. He had a run of fixtures for West Ham scoring goals last season. And I think he, he might go on a run like that again this season. And at $6 million, he might prove a bargain. And the last value for money in the midfield that I would say is uh, Dallas for, for Leeds United, where Dallas was listed as a defender last season. Uh, but he played in midfield for Leeds, scored a lot of crucial goals for Leeds, assists as well. He was pretty high scoring. Uh, I think he was the highest scoring defender last season um, yes. in FBL. Yeah, So this season, he's listed in the midfield. And his price point is, once again, uh, to me, in my opinion, is undervalued. It's only 5.5 million, so he might also be a good option to bring in. Uh, yes, it's true. I don't think Leeds have the easiest opening fixtures, but maybe from week four onwards, week five onwards, they have a good tougher of fixtures. That might be a good time to bring jealousy. in, and he starts every match for Leeds as well. So yeah, I think that that was uh, about the midfield. Do you have anything to add as well there yeah, about the midfield?
1: Right. Uh, you've done it really well. Um, just uh, I think Suchek is such a funny player in which I had him at the start of last season and he never really scored. And as soon as I sold him, he started scoring and uh, contributing a lot of goals. So it's really funny with regards to Suchek. Um, he's definitely undervalued this season. And another player in which I would like to highlight is Brentford's Buena. He apparently is a very exciting midfielder that, that, that has been with Brentford or recently joined Brentford. So keep an eye on him with regards to his mid price uh, price point of 5.5. That's all I have said for the midfield options.
0: All right, well said. Now, of course, naturally we're moving on to the forward line, which in the past uh, has been the most exciting part of fantasy. But as Ode and I mentioned, the focus has shifted in recent seasons to the midfield. So our strategy has been to adapt to more mid price options in the forward line. Especially for yeah. me, from my perspective, I, I think Uday had Harry Kane for most parts of, the, of last season, but I did not. Uh, <laughs> that was another thing I regretted as well, but I did not have the budget for him. And once again, um, I went with three mid price options, who once again I could rotate uh, within all three forwards, whoever I wanted to put in and out. Uh, I think Harry Kane was the only premium forward who uh, performed really well last season. Uh, Jamie Bardi was a little bit inconsistent, but uh, he did he did contribute. He was the 3rd place scoring uh, forward. But yeah, my strategy was to go with three mid-price forwards. But I think Uden included Harry Kane as well. So Uden, do you want to take it away with your forward?
1: Sure. I mean, I, I had Harry Kane because he was... Uh, he just kept on scoring goals and you couldn't not have him. I, I think I wanted to have it double up with Kane and Son. I don't think a lot of people had him. There was once I had Kane, Son, and even Bale last season. Um, look, I like initially, I started, I adapted. I think FPL is a game of adaption. You know, you see the players in which it's performing, you have them. Initially, I didn't have Kane. I think I had uh, mid-price forwards as well. And then eventually, I saw Kane performing, and then I took a couple of uh, moves to get Kane in. And then when I got him in, he was performing as well. I think I had him after that throughout the whole season. So, yes, this season, I'm starting with mid-price options. But if Kane does move to Man City, based on the rumors, he might be an interesting option to have in your team. That means I might have to break my whole team all over again and restructure it to fit Kane inside. But uh, looking at Man City's pictures, they are a bit tough as well. So it's we can have a look. And Kane isn't... Uh, kind of forward that starts very well traditionally. is Apparently, he always has his August voodoo where he doesn't start scoring in August. I think he broke it last season or two seasons ago, but he still did really well. And then, Kelvin Lewin also um, is still in the mid-priced option in which is 8 million this season. I had him last season as well. He played really well. Um, Kelvin Lewin, Watkins as well, mid-priced this season. So, I think I have changed uh, from last season to this season. A uh, couple of interesting plays that I always want to highlight that's not in my team. Uh, Danny Ings, Lacazette, Obamai has been reclassified as a forward right now compared to a midfielder from last season. I had Timo Werner last season at the start. Um, I think he, again, it was a premium option. I think it was 9.5. It backfired, unfortunately. Uh, this season, I'm just going to wait and see. He might perform. You know, he, he has a whole season of the Premier League last season. He might perform this season. And Ihi Nacho or Ichi Nacho from Leicester City is very interesting as well. You should definitely keep an eye on him if he performs. Basically, that's what's changed from last season to this season right now is that I have decided to have a more mid price option and I will adapt accordingly. What are your thoughts, Arjun, for this season?
0: Yep, I mean, good analysis as well. Uh, I think it was spot on. Uh, although last season I regretted not having Hurricane, but I think the transfer uncertainty around Hurricane this season uh, makes me not want to have him at the start. But of course, like you mentioned, if he does have a confirmed move to Man City before the start, uh, it might make me doubt my team again. But until then, I don't think I'm going to have Hurricane at the start at least this season. Uh, but I'm going to go with three mid-price forwards. Of course, like you mentioned, Kevin Lewin absolutely agreed. Uh, he has a good run of fixtures as well. For Everton. I think Everton have up to week 11. Uh, they have all fixtures which are only fixture difficulty rating two or three, uh, with the only exception being Man United, which is a FDR rating of four. Uh, so he might be a good forward to have at the start, at least. And last season as well, he started really well, like you mentioned. He's got 11 goals and 11 starts. Uh, yes. I think everyone had him at one point when he started scoring every game. So I think he might be a really good option to start with. And as for the other forwards, I agree with Oli Watkins as well. I think the price point is uh, just nice for him this season at 7.5. He's not too overpriced. He's not undervalued as well. Uh, I think it's it's a, it's a good price for him and it, it might make sense to include him at the start as well. Uh, and another forward I would like to highlight is from Brentford. Uh, another Brentford player who's Ivan Tony. I think out of all the promoted players who are coming to the Premier League this season, Ivan Tony is one of the highest profile as well as the most exciting. Uh, I think a lot of fans have been looking forward to seeing him in the Premier League, comparing him to the likes of uh, the impact Bamford made this season, uh, as well as uh, Ollie Watkins in his debut season in the Premier League. because Ivan Tony scored 31 goals in 45 appearances for Brentford last season in the Championship. And that's really amazing. So he basically uh, drove Brentford up to the Premier League. And it's interesting what he can do. Uh, We saw what Timu Puki did two seasons ago with Norwich at the beginning in the Premier League. Uh, I'm backing Tony to have that sort of impact. And at a 6.5 price point for a forward, I think it's an absolute bargain. Uh, So I think he he will be my starting uh, team as well, at least for a few weeks to see how it goes and then maybe check it up. So th- that that's what I
1: have to say for the forward line as well. Anything else to add to No, I honestly uh, f- uh, forgot that Tony was there and exactly what you brought up was fantastic. Evan Tony is definitely the man to watch uh, for next season as well, especially as a forward. He might have the same impact as Patrick Bamford did last season, Timu Puki two seasons ago. Thinking of Pukki, uh Norwich is back this season and um. It's because of Norwich's tough fixtures at the start, it makes it very hard. But if you look at the uh, rotation, if you want to transfer in players, um, right after the fifth match for Brentford, it becomes a bit more tougher, which they're playing tougher positions. So it can be a like-to-like switch for Puki and Tony. After Tony's fifth match, you can bring him Pukki, and Puki has an easier run of games after the fifth match. Hopefully you can at least see in the first four games how he plays. And at least the fifth game where he's playing against Watford side, you can assess how he plays with a weaker opposition. And then from there, you can see whether you want to swap or keep Tony in your team.
0: Yep, very good analysis as well. Uh, I mean, I think as you mentioned, correctly mentioned before, FPL is a game of adaptability and you have to constantly watch out for the form and fixtures, things like that. Constantly adapt your team, looking out for double game weeks and triple captains, when to use the bench moves and things like that as well. So, yeah, right. any any last
1: words before we wrap up this episode? I'm looking forward to next season. Um, I hope the listeners will join our league as well. Um, I think it'll be very competitive uh, season next season. Hopefully, um, I will not try to whitewash everyone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll try my best to keep it very simple, of course. But uh, I think one another rule that I have to be, is keep it simple. Look at the. Uh, pictures look at the form and then get the player which is the most form and just always keep, use your gut feeling sometimes of course there's so many experts of course there's us and we i mean i'm not an expert you know i'm just telling you right off uh, it's just i have spent a lot of time a lot of like uh interest in all of this stuff so that's why we can talk about it um Arjun also, i'm sure he's uh, done a lot of research when we're well, talking about football and everything, so We we can give you advice of players to get, but make your final decision. That's uh, my opinion right now.
0: Uh, Absolutely well said as well, Odeh. Once again, thank you so much for coming back onto the podcast to
1: uh, give your
0: insights on FPL ahead of the new season.
1: Cheers, man. No worries. Thanks Thanks for having me on board.
0: All right, fellow listeners, we have reached to the end of uh, yet another episode of the Stephen and Arjun football podcast. Uh, Hopefully for those who are interested in starting FPL, or are already into FPL, uh, you guys can join our league. Uh, once again, we'll paste the link code when this episode comes out on our Instagram stories as well. And hopefully, this guide served uh, to motivate you or excite you ahead of the new FPL season as well. So thank you once again. Uh, this pro- podcast is brought to you by Starstruck Bakery and Misu Boy SG. See you next time. Stay safe. Bye bye.